Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, well, how do we cut through the noise? And how do we sift through all the information overload and choose what actually governs our lives? We've been processing these things, and our leadership is praying for all of us, so we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Joe. How are you, buddy? I am well, thank you. Excellent. I'm really glad to hear that. You look nice. Thank you. For all of you listening, <laughs> in case you wanted to know. I'm paid to say that. No. <laughs> this, You know what's funny? I just got dressed today, just didn't really think about it, and then... I got to the office and I realized I have all these videos to shoot. I'm like, I probably didn't wear the right. Like, you know how you have tiers of shirts? You're like, this is my nice one. This is my like pretty good one. And this this is like, ah, I haven't had that one out for a while. And my other stuff needs to go to the laundry. That I, this is this, this tier three, borderline tier four. Like the next thing I'm going to do in this shirt is paint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know the sad thing. I want to say no, Jeff. I don't know what you're talking about. But I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. It's, it's how it goes. You just move on down the line, move on down the line. Yep, yep. But it was clean. It was pressed. It was hanging there. That's a good sign. That's yeah. how I feel about my hoodie right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was clean. It was not a wrinkled mess. And <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Well, Jeff, there's a uh, boy. Um, there's been a lot of things in the news lately about the church. Um, yeah. You know, in some ways, I almost hope our listeners don't even know that, um, but there's a chance that they do. Uh, lots of different churches going through different things, and every once in a while, uh, other churches get kind of subconsciously looped into those things, or maybe even consciously. And so today's question is: uh, is this? Well, Grace is just a big evangelical megachurch, right? Like we're just one of those other ones. So that's that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, well, I don't agree with that, obviously, and I don't even know. Mm. I don't like. I don't like when uh, Grace Church is labeled. Yep. I, I had friend. I had a friend one time. Uh, this recently, he labeled us, and I looked at him and I said, "That's the first time I've ever thought of myself that way." And he goes, "Oh," and he he to his credit, he was like, "That was really unfair of me." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> it was because." Uh, what you assume is uh, not necessarily what what our heart is. So we this has happened a lot. Like we mm-hmm. get we get labeled a seeker church. We're not a seeker church. Um, I get labeled a lot a pastor that only focuses on evangelism. I'm like, well, it's really hard for a church to start seven other churches when we're shallow. Yep. So I don't think that works. And this, you know, mega evangelical. I'm like, well. I don't I I suppose by the definition of the word mega we're mega, you know, obviously Grace is very big in all of our campuses. I don't know that I totally know what evangelical means in the populace anymore. That's I know the definition. Yeah, the def- definition of the word. So if you mean political, if you mean uh save the country, if if you mean um uh you know, there's everybody agrees with a stance on this, and this is how you approach it, and we're lumped in with that category. Then that's not us at all. Um, in fact, I would get a lot of heat for not being political enough. I would get a lot of heat for showing, trying to show us how Jesus would respond to people, as opposed to 
whatever the talking point is. So we would get a lot for all the heat we get by being lumped into a category. We get equally or more heat for not adhering to the category. <laughs> so I don't. You, I guess you're gonna. People can label grace whatever they want. What we are is a bunch of sinners saved by grace, trying to know and follow Jesus Christ yeah. and love other people in the process. And that is imperfect and it's messy and those lines are blurry and unclear and changing all the time. And uh, we are a big church. I, I totally recognize that, but um, but we take our bigness and we try to plant other churches. So we try to make the gospel clear and accessible in places where it's hard to find. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we're, we're different, you know? So I, I try to see the um, advantages of our size. Mm-hmm. There's advantages. We can uh, do things and reach people in ways that, you know, a, a smaller church would struggle to sometimes. But there's major disadvantages to our sides, uh, our size. You know, sometimes it can be hard to be involved, or you can be lost in a mix, and mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. So I'm just like, yeah, we're just kind of like struck, you know, j- people on a journey, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And the the strengths and weaknesses of who we are as a church is kind of the strengths and weaknesses of who we are as a church. And uh, I believe very strongly that Jesus builds the church; we don't. And we try to know and love and follow Jesus, and he kind of does with that what he wants to do with that. And I do not in any way, shape, or form think we're the only church trying to know and love and follow Jesus. Absolutely. You know, and so it's like we are who we are and all those kind of things, you know. So it, I run into this um, personally a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, uh, well, J- they, I, as soon as somebody calls me Jeff Bogue, I know that they we have no personal relationship. So like Jeff Bogue thinks I'm like, oh, I'm sitting right here, but but I'm like I I'm I think I'm pretty easy to know, pretty down to earth. Mm-hmm. I understand that size can make me hard to know mm-hmm. because of you know the lines long kind of a thing, but but. Um, I don't know, just kind of who we are. And so I, I think grace in, in many, many ways is just comfortable in our own skin. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're going to be criticized for that, and we're going to be beloved for it. But we don't, um, we don't exist to grow or exist to make some point outside of this is who Jesus is and how he loves you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love all that. And of course, that's going to sound biased coming from me and one of the pastors here too, but love it, honestly. I was just telling somebody the other day, like all that Grace Church means to me and my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not just uh, me uh, as a pastor. It's not just professionally, but in all seriousness, like the way in which the, the people and the, this place and the leadership helps us to grow in our relationship with the Lord is awesome. Now you mentioned like our, our the goal here at Grace Church is not just to get big. It's not just to be a mega church. It's mm-hmm. certainly not just to match definitions of these special words either way. Yeah. But what is kind of the point of Grace Church? Like, what is it that we're supposed to do? Who are we? What kind of sets the toe the toe line, so to speak? Yeah, we want to be a catalyst for a church planning movement by knowing it, living it, and giving it away. Mm-hmm. So the grace grace is very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to take the gospel where it's not easily accessible and and uh, where it's not clearly understood. And uh, what we what we tend to do, we don't do that 
as strategically as you might think. So we're not lo- we're not Chipotle who's looking to open our next franchise. Uh, what we tend to do is we call it the Macedonian call. We we where we look for people and listen to people who say who raise their hand and say, uh, "Will you help help us make Jesus make sense in our community?" And then we pay attention to that. When that hand is raised, we then look and say, you know, we have all these people that come to Grace. How many of them are leaving that neighborhood to come to this one? And when that hand is raised and the Lord's in it and the details make sense, we look and say, how about you guys don't leave your neighborhood and come to this one? How about we go to your neighborhood and relocalize that local church? This is very simple. Grace Church is a is a form or a method of church planting. Yep. Um, I believe that you should plant churches by reaching lost people. Mm-hmm. So we live to make Jesus make sense. Um, I do not believe that you can be spiritually mature and not have a, a heart for the loss because Jesus came to seek and to save. So uh, I don't believe that biblical knowledge is maturity. I don't believe that moralistic living is maturity. I don't believe that your ability to teach is maturity. I believe that your ability to love your neighbor is maturity. And then all those other things uh, drive that or make that make sense. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to be very evangelistic on a very life change level. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that drives us. Uh, grace is driven by a set of biblical beliefs. We call it our statement of faith. So we would have an extremely high view of the Scripture and, and, of course, Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father and the church itself, etc. It's all on our website if you want to see it. <laughs> um, and then we would have uh, we would have what we we would build then uh, ministries and platforms to drive people toward what we call it, what I call a DDP. Mm-hmm. So DDP is a description of a disciple person. Uh, this is, you know, we talk about like uh, you're a mega church. Well, I developed this before I was a pastor. <laughs> I was a I was a youth pastor yep. before I was a, a church planter. And what I did was I read the four gospels. And I went through and saw and tried to see Jesus's discipleship methods and expectations. Hmm. So when Jesus, in essence, would look and say, I feel like you got it, what did they get? Hmm. And so I found these 13 qualities, turned it into an acronym we call transforming, and off of transforming started a ministry. These are the these are the goals, so to say, spiritual goals that we're discipling people toward. Yeah, um, that transform going around and like rattling off thirteen things is really, really long and hard to remember. And so, what we did was we categorized those thirteen things to make it communicable, and we just said. Uh, we call that know it, live it, give it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the gospel of Jesus. So we want you to know Jesus Christ and know his heart and his mind. We want you to live like Jesus Christ. So we want you to love your neighbor, forgive as you've been forgiven, love as you've been loved, do the one another's. And then we want you to give it away. Mm-hmm. We want you to love the loss the way that Jesus loves the loss. Yeah. Is that, it's been that simple mm-hmm. all, all these years. And whenever we take another step of vision or wh- whenever we're thinking about a program or whenever we're thinking about opening another campus, 
Um, all we're asking is how can we know it, live it, give it away better and lead people toward that. About 12 years ago, we developed what is kind of our current philosophy, which is campusing. So campusing is our way of church planting. When I say campus, everybody should think church plant. Mm -hmm. And so we're just looking at community. We look and say, who's leaving a community to come to this community to go to church? And then if there's a Macedonian moment, we reverse that flow and say, let's just go back to your community and start a, a, a part of grace there. So it's kind of this, and we call all of that 30 and 30, 30 campuses in 30 years, mm-hmm. uh, or 30 church plants in 30 years. Uh, probably mm, 10, 15 years ago, we, we felt like we needed some more definition to what we were doing, so we came up with the eight values. And uh, the if you thought of it, it would be the DDP transforming distilled into eight values, which we would talk about in our with our leaders and our staff. We really, really want to know them. Distilled down to know it, live it, give it away. Yeah. And then we just function on the, those things. And, it, and all it is, it's really taking uh, Jesus's heart from the Gospels combined with the directives and the, and the descriptive methods of the New Testament and trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I I like to say we've never spent a nickel to grow Grace Church. We've spent millions of dollars to try to reach people. Uh, And Grace, the the present iteration of Grace would be 22 years old. Uh, When we started the Bath Campus, when we kind of started doing 30 and 30 and all that kind of stuff. And we've probably seen uh, eight to 9,000 people come to know Christ in those 22 years. For us, that's a, a conversation, a name, and a follow-up. So mm-hmm. that's not a, like... A hand raiser. It, not a hand wave. Yeah, it's like actual eyeball-to-eyeball contact with people. So probably eight to 9,000. I had to check the numbers, sure. but it'd be somewhere in there. And, uh, like, Grace had a little over 10,000 people at Easter services. Mm-hmm. So, so a, a massive part of our growth is just reaching lost people, discipling them <clears throat> as they mature... We send them out, know mm-hmm. it, live it, give it away, sure, um, and start new churches. I was talking to a, a guy recently, a pastor, and he said, uh, he said he's talking about the Bath Campus in particular, which is the one that I teach at. And uh, he said, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of spiritual depth there. And I said, there's lots of spiritual depth. What there is not is is a spiritual legacy, mm. because as people mature spiritually at a particular campus, we send them to start another church. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in, you're like, where's the person who knows the Bible in three languages? I'm like, they just left. <laughs> <laughs> this person's trying to get their head around what the New Testament is and how the Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures, right? Yep. And it's just kind of that. And and it's, it's repeating people, uh, repeating that process. It's loving people yep. through that pro- meeting where they are, taking them where they need to go. And live in it, like just doing that journey with folks. And um, I say a lot, if you love people, they'll hang out with you. And that that's really what we're trying to do. Um, and we haven't really done anything else besides those things. I don't think it's a magic formula. I, I, I don't think there's anything that Grace Church does that other churches can't do or sure. don't do. Yep. Uh, we steal ideas all the time. All the time. Um, so why, why are we the mega church? I don't fully know. Um, we work hard at 
discipleship, we work hard at organization, we work hard at communication, so we may be a little bit different in some of those things, but I don't think we discovered something that that uh, another healthy Bible teaching, Holy Spirit-empowered, Jesus-obsessed church hasn't discovered. Um, my colleagues on the same road that the Jet Road building's on are as faithful and committed and their church is uh, as committed passionately as we are. We would do things differently, mm-hmm, but for mm-hmm. all the same reasons. I don't, I don't have answers to all those questions. Sure. So much of what you've been talking about, in some ways, it's like the church could be compared to people. Um, you know, you have, you mentioned, for instance, that like, you know, the church has strengths and weaknesses. People have strengths and weaknesses. Right. Uh, sometimes those strengths... Uh, cause a weakness, you know, and so you can be really, really generous to a fault to where it's like almost like, oh, yeah, that's right, I have to like feed my family. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, a church can be too big. Well, that leads into its own share of problems, like you mentioned. Um, I, I had a version of that myself as a person today where I was playing basketball with somebody and I'm big and it's nice and I can move around a little bit, but then someone ran into me and they fell over. <laughs> <laughs> and that was fun. But big also has its own costs uh, associated with it. And so the church is kind of like people in that way, certainly not perfect, has its ups and downs, is uh, the people in it are sinful as well, and they're trying to figure that out with Jesus along the way. You mentioned... Um, our, our values mm-hmm. as a church. And um, one of those is that we do things with excellence. Now, I I think that the way that we kind of define excellence is unique. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't just mean that you have to have the, the neatest and the greatest and the most creative ever. Yep. So talk about what excellence kind of means here at Grace. Excellence is doing the best with what you have. And so, um, you know, it, it's... It's probably hard for people to know or remember that when Grace started, we had a building, a little building from a church that had basically gone bankrupt. Mm. It leaked, so there were weeks that if it rained outside, it would short-circuit the sound system out. <laughs> so um, we didn't we didn't start with a ton, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't start with much. Um, excellence is not fancy. Excellence is not being the best. It's doing your best. Mm. It's doing the best with what you have. And I'm pretty passionate about that. The, the, uh, the difference between uh, excellent and mediocre is usually in the details mm. that, that you didn't uh, pay attention. And I've, I've been saying a lot lately, um, I, I, Heidi and I bought a house and we're renovating it. Which I have no idea. As, as my brother in Christ, Joe, you should have stopped me from this horrible decision. But anyways, we're, we're having it. And I often get frustrated with uh, the, the house is 170 years old. So like, I get frustrated with the previous generations because I say to Heidi, like, um, if they would have spent 20 more minutes, it would, I, I would not be dealing with this problem mm-hmm, right now, mm-hmm. right? So excellence is often another 20 minutes. It, it's just looking and saying, uh, is that the best with what we have in the time and the budget that we have, mm-hmm. right? And um, instead of slapping a service together, if we could spend 20 minutes, instead of the, the volunteers coming and wing it, if they could spend 20 minutes, it makes a mass. It's, it's actually not, it's not talent and uh, giftedness or skill set, 
excellence is often simply attention. Yeah. So that's where that came from. It came from the fact that we don't have much. You know, Grace, Grace has big campuses that several thousand people a week would attend, uh, but we have a campus that, like last weekend, had thirty at it. Mm-hmm. We're a church. We plant churches. Absolutely. So they don't have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like to say that clean is free. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, especially before Serena took over, who's our facilities managers at Bath, um, I was the one that kept an eye on things. And I would tell, I still tell church planners, if you have a building, don't don't spend time in prayer without a sweeper in your hand. Like yeah. God can hear you over the Hoover, right? <laughs> so like uh, being clean, painting is very inexpensive. Like those mm-hmm. kind of things where you're just looking and saying, when those physical things are excellent, when it's the best with what you have, what happens is your service becomes excellent. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean your weekend service. I mean like you're serving. Uh-huh. Like let's spend 20 more minutes getting this program ready or whatever we're doing. And then the culture becomes a culture of expectation. Like mm-hmm. grace, uh, uh, grace is going to be clean. The kids' programs are going to be done as best they can do, et cetera. Now, what happens with this, especially if you're a pastor, if you're a manager, if you're a leader, what happens with this is you you form a trust with your congregation. When I bring my unbelieving friend to a Christmas service, grace is going to be excellent. It does not mean we're going to have a laser show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not mean that, you know, skydivers are going to jump in from the roof. It means that they're, they, if there's a failure, it was a non-preventable failure. Mm-hmm. Lights go out, video projectors stop. They only do that when you're using them. There's nothing you can do about that. Yep. Um, but that nursery isn't going to smell bad. Right. right? It's, it's those kind of things. Yeah. Now, I think that someone could be listening to this. For instance, you just mentioned if you're a pastor, a leader, a manager of some kind, are there... Pr- so the church we know is not the building. At least I hope our listeners know that it's the people. How does that get extended to the people of the church, being the church wherever they're at, at work, at home, in their community, at their kids' game, yeah. playing the game? Like, how does that get extended? Because we should seek to be excellent in our fellowship of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, so the I, I want to everything I do, I want to do unto the glory of God. So I want to I want to be the the most Christ. Uh, defined parent that I can be. Now, if you grew up in dysfunction junction, you're lacking some skills and some insight, but that doesn't mean... Your kids are not going to gauge you on how good you were. They're going to gauge you on whether you tried. Yeah. My father was dysfunction junction. <laughs> he, he, I, I did not mimic many of my father's parenting skills because my dad was a hit first, ask questions later guy because that's the way he was raised. But my dad would also come and apologize for that. And I, I saw him want to be like Jesus. He just was no good at it sometimes. <laughs> um, so my relationship with him was actually uh, strong because he sought to be, quote-unquote, excellent with that. Mm-hmm. You can be excellent at work. You can be an excellent friend. You can be an excellent spouse. You can be, and it's usually 
the difference between Heidi feeling loved and not loved is usually me walking out to the barn and putting the dogs away. <laughs> sure. It, it's and, and if you start literally, I do this sometimes. I literally start counting in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that they like, I don't want to do it, and it's your job. And, and, and when I start counting in my mind, it's like four minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So if Heidi had asked me for four minutes of my time, and I was like, no, see, but it, it's it's that razor, you being a good boss as opposed to being an aloof, distant boss, 20 minutes, <laughs> probably a week. Yep, yep. You know, you being a good employee who's who's trying to help the company win that's paying you, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You being a good friend who sends the text and checks in, 20 minutes. Yep. All right? So we just, we do this as unto the Lord, as Christ followers, and for many people, church is an afterthought, following Jesus is an afterthought, and we put it into the convenience category. If I have time left over, I'll do that. All Grace did was we just said, let's put it at the forefront. Right. Like, let's spend the extra 20 minutes. Uh, let's unleash the creativity of our people. Let's unleash our own. Let's, let's uh, like, take a little time and try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this is not it's not showing up. What what you see twenty two years later is you see a culture of excellence. It's an expectation now. Sure. That comes out of us inheriting a building that leaked and smelled musty, and the congregation couldn't afford to clean the carpet, and the walls were peeling, and there was cobwebs, and we're like, let's clean it. So yep. we'd have cleaning days, and let's uh, let's have a work day, and we built. I always, if you come the Gent Road ever. Um, at the Bath Campus, there's a wall that was built out there, and I always remember. I remember the day we built it. It was mm-hmm. a bunch of volunteers. They're mm-hmm. like, you know what? We need to make our parking lot a little more functional. We built that. Yep. Right. It's just stuff like that, and it, and it winds up making a difference. But I don't think that's why we're a big church. Mm-mm. I think that's that. I think that builds trust. I th- I. Th- there's there's one way to grow a church, only one, and How's that, that you reach the next person. <laughs> yep, that's it. Yep, and as you as you get the right discipleship down, what happens is you have one person reaching the next person. That becomes ten people that reach the next person. That becomes a hundred people, and that becomes a thousand people. That's the exponential part of it. That's just discipleship playing out. But th- there's nothing different. You reach the next person, mm-hmm. and when the next person wants to hang out with you, you help Jesus make sense to them. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the whole, I should write a book <laughs> uh, and put that phrase in it and a bunch of empty pages, and I'll probably make a million bucks. You know, but but the, that's, it's that simple, and it's that simple in your life. Like, how do you reach the neighborhood? I, probably hang out with a neighbor. I, I would mm-hmm. start there. Yep. One of the things that I think is so helpful with what you just said is uh, know it, live it, give it away. Or in this case, if we're going to make give it away, kind of like reach the next person, it's not know it, live it, then give it away. It's not get really, 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 really good at your faith and be perfect and have all your disciplines down, and then maybe you can be a part of it. If you're brand new into this, you can show them what Jesus has been showing you. Um, I think 
I'm pretty sure it was you that's always said, like, all you need is John 3, 16 and the Holy Spirit. In other words, give your life to Christ and go. Yep. If, if you know John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I would also add John three seventeen, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm-hmm. If you knew that verse or two... And you know why you accepted Jesus. Yep. You are prepared to give the reason for the hope that's within you. You are trained for evangelism. Yep. All, all you have to do is tell your story. And then what we, what of course, we, we tried to help people with this. We're like, just start praying. So we call it praying for your three. Mm-hmm. Pray for three people by name every day that God would give you a no-brainer moment mm-hmm. to share the reason for the hope that's within you. And you start praying that prayer. God loves that prayer. He will answer that prayer, and they will ask you. You don't need a sales pitch or a gimmick. Mm-hmm. They will ask you, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's it. Yep. I, I just trained you in evangelism, <laughs> right? You know, and 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 that's and in a in a weird way, that's all grace is: mm-hmm. is people love Jesus, see that their friends need Jesus, tell them about Jesus. And now they love Jesus, and, and it's just that process mm-hmm. playing out again and again and again. If you come to Grace Church and you want to get a seminary education from the pulpit, you're going to hate this church. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to be insulated from the world, you're going to hate Grace Church. If you want to sit and uh, never be pushed, never be stretched, never be asked, you will you will hate Grace Church. <laughs> if you want to make a difference and see your faith come alive— um, if you want to grow in your faith, don't read your Bible more. Live your Bible more. Mm, yeah. If if you want to grow in your prayer life, quit trying to concentrate and not fall asleep while you're praying. Start praying for lost people and ask God to break your heart for them. Like the, if you haven't if you haven't wept over a lost person, you haven't deeply connected with the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And then get into those conversations when they ask you the impossible questions. You will pray hard, and you will search your Bible like you never have before. Yep. See, it, we we become lethargic, mm-hmm. and we we sit and we become spiritually obese, and then we're we're like, I don't know. Whenever I eat that, I get heartburn. I'm like, because you never burned it off. You didn't. You didn't need it. Mm-hmm. And and what happens a lot of times, we'll be critical and say that church is entertaining, or you know, people just want the milk. And I'm like, that's what you want. You want me to think of some weird way to teach you in the the Bible and something that you've never seen before when you've been sitting there looking at the same verse for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You just want me to entertain you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I, I will I will teach the truth. I will, in a public Jesus meeting, I'm going to teach it in such a way that it makes sense to a biblically illiterate person. And then I'm going to push you. I'm going to disciple you to live the truth. Mm-hmm. You know it, so live it. Yep. And and when you're living it to, you know, you don't fully live it till you give it away. And 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 it repeats. And your faith comes alive mm-hmm. that way. Then, and that's where enthusiasm and joy and I love the church and all that kind of stuff yep. comes from. Yep. So one last uh, clarifying and I hope encouraging question to our listeners out there. Who is Grace Church? Because it's not just you, even though sometimes you get those questions directly personal. Yeah. Is it just our staff? Is it just our leadership? Like, who is Grace Church? If you call Grace Church home, you are. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Grace Church is not a building. We have buildings because it's cold outside most of the year in Northeast <laughs> Ohio. Right? Our buildings are pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are the people of God. You are the holy nation. You are the you are the, the royal nation. You are the people belonging to the Lord, the royal priest. And that's who you are. And um, you and I, the staff, were part of that family, yep. Yep. right? God appoints some to be elders, some to be events. So we hold offices and roles. The elders oversee that family. I'm an elder, you're an elder, and then there's a bunch of guys who aren't on staff who are elders. Right. And we're just we're just a family, right? We have the same spiritual DNA. So we're we're all related to each other and God wants to work through you just like he wants to work through me. That's awesome. Well, I hope that uh, if you are one of those people that call Grace home, or if you even are maybe a listener um, that attends a different church in our network, especially around the country, um, I hope this is encouraging because you are that church, and these are things that we can all grab a hold of together, continue to love people, continue to just reach the next person, continue to do things with excellence, and and, and those types of mindsets that allow us to be uh, the church that God calls us to. If you have questions of any kind that you'd like us to address on the podcast, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps, getting more connected, understanding more about it, what it means to be the church, reach out, let us know. We'd love to help you take those steps. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a church home in the area, especially one like you heard today, we'd love to have you join us in person on the weekend or online if you're not in the area. Well, thank you so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all of the mixed messages around us. See you next time.